Good morning. Actually, everything I'm going to say to you has pretty much already been said. It's almost as if everybody read my notes before they came this morning. So I'm actually standing here terrified but really encouraged because I know that what God's given me to share this morning is in line with what God's saying. So that's fantastic and it's really good and encouraging for me. So the topic we're talking about this morning is God is Mighty. Um, And it's part of the Summer Sunday series. Last week we heard from Rob and he talked about God is Love. And he helped us to understand that our response to God's unearned and unchanging love should be to love others by serving them and sharing with them our faith. And that our loving God is demonstrated by loving other people, loving those around us. So we're going to talk about God is mighty. And we're going to start by looking at a psalm. And it's actually not the same psalm as you shared, but the psalm that you shared was so encouraging because it basically says the same thing, pretty much. So it really, really encouraged me. So we're going to look at Psalm 93. And I'm just going to read the first couple of verses. It says, Mightier than the thunders of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea, Yahweh on high, God on high, is mighty. And I've got a couple of slides of pictures to show you, which are pictures of roaring seas. Now, I don't know what this makes you think of when you look at a picture like that, when you look at a roaring sea. What kind of image of God does it conjure in your mind? Is it comforting? Is it challenging? Does it reflect how you see God? In his book, Incomparable, Andrew Wilson was commenting on the psalm, the beginning of which I've just read, Psalm 93. He shows how the oceans are a really good metaphor for describing God. But he also explains that the difference between God and the oceans isn't a difference of degree, like that between a Steinway piano and a Casio keyboard. It's a difference of category, like that between the keyboard and the person who makes pianos and plays concertos on them. The oceans may look uncontrollable, but God is totally sovereign over them. I'm going to read you the the whole of Psalm 93, and it's going to appear on the slides behind me so that you can see it as well in case you don't have a Bible with you. So it starts, verse 1. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. Indeed, the world is established, firm and secure. Your throne was established long ago. You are from all eternity. The seas have lifted up, Lord. The seas have lifted up their voice. The seas have lifted up their pounding waves. Mightier than the thunder of the great waters. Mightier than the breakers of the sea. The Lord on high is mighty. Your statutes, Lord, stand firm. Holiness adorns your house for endless days. So, how should I begin by talking to you about the mightiness of God? When I was preparing for this talk, all of my primary school instincts came out in force, and I looked up the meaning of the word in the dictionary. So I looked up the word mighty in the Oxford English Dictionary, and the meaning of the word mighty has two main meanings, mainly relating to power or strength and to size. And then I looked up the word omnipotent, which is a word we've heard talking about God's power. And it's broken into two parts, omni and potent, potent being power, omni being all, everything, the whole thing. It talks about omni being about God's abundant power and his unlimited authority. It's beyond what we can understand. And as the psalmist says, mightier than the breakers of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. So having very briefly defined what mighty means, I've got three questions to explore this morning. Why does it matter that we know that God is mighty? How do we know that God is mighty? 
and what does it mean for us that God is mighty? So point one, it matters that we know that God is mighty because if we don't have a big vision of God, we'll be limited in our ability to worship him. And it matters that we know God is mighty because this inspires us to live holy lives. In his book, The Knowledge of the Holy, A.W. Tozer says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Worship is pure or base as the worshiper entertains high or low thoughts of God. So if we think of God as less than he is, our worship and service will fall short of all he deserves. We will never be lost in love, wonder and awe of a God who doesn't captivate our whole attention and command a response of reverent fear. To use another analogy from nature, not the sea, in a recent thunderstorm, my son Isaac impulsively ran out into the fields near our house. He wanted to get a better view. He expected to get wet, it was coming down like special effects rain on a, on a film set. And he expected to get a better view of the sky. But he almost got considerably more than he bargained for. He was looking up and he saw a bolt of lightning strike not far from where he stood and he realised his hair was standing on end. <laughs> Thankfully, he came back in at that point. Um, and then he Googled what it means if your hair stands on the end in a thunderstorm and found out that actually he was pretty close to being struck by lightning. Needless to say, the whole time he was out, I was pacing up and down, wondering where he was and what on earth he was doing, because he just didn't say where he just legged it out of the building. But he did come home, and he was perfectly safe, thankfully. So he put himself in great danger, because he didn't have sufficient fear of the power of the storm. He does now. Thunderstorms, like the sea, are a powerful natural force, capable of inflicting incredible damage. They demonstrate the awesome nature of our Creator God. Isaac's experience taught him a little bit about his own mortality and a lot about the power of God. He was exhilarated. He was so excited when he came back. He said, oh, it was amazing, Mum, it was amazing. Thankfully, he wasn't hurt. Our worship needs to be inspired by big ideas about who our God is. Although our minds can't fully understand him, the more we explore, the more we ask, how great is our God, is my favourite question. The more we ask, how great is our God, the more we will be able to offer true worship and honour him as he deserves. We need to understand that he is way beyond anything we can compare him to. He isn't safe. More on that later. When I was looking at the Psalm 93 in my NIV study Bible, it had some notes at the bottom of the page. It says, the key to God's eternal reign is his holiness. God's glory is seen not only in his strength, but also in his perfect moral character. This reassures us that we can trust him, but it also places a demand on us. The end of Psalm 93 turns the focus onto God's holiness as the reason for his mightiness. Because God is holy and perfect, he is worthy of our worship. Because God is holy and perfect, he is mighty. Because God is holy and perfect, we should desire to be holy like him. Leviticus 19 verses 1 and 2 says, Be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. We should want to bear the image of our perfect God. And although we can never do this fully, this side of heaven, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18, we who with unveiled faces all reflect the glory of the Lord are being transformed into his image with intensifying glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So knowing God is mighty inspires us to worship and to live holy lives. That was point one. Point two, 
How do we know that God is mighty? Well, Isaac found out in a thunderstorm. But there are lots of ways that we can find out about God's might. The Bible tells us stories about the mightiness of God. And we've heard Psalms this morning that talk about the mightiness of God. And there are countless stories that talk about God's intervening power and authority when he moves for his people. Nature tells us about the power of God. We can see roaring seas. We can see God's power demonstrated in creation around us. Testimonies from other people. People living now, not just Bible stories from long ago, but people who we know who've experienced God's power and can tell you that God came through for them, that God is in authority over their circumstances and our own personal experiences. Psalm 19 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech, and night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no words, no sound is heard from them, and yet their voice goes out into all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. Romans 1, verse 20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. The Bible clearly points out that God has made himself known to us, and through his creation, and Isaac's thunderstorm experience is just one example of this, That's how God reveals himself through nature. And I'm sure many of you will have examples of times when a sunset, a landscape, a night sky full of stars has wowed you into worship as you considered the greatness and the power of God in creating it all. But in addition to all of this, God has given us demonstrations of his power at work in our lives. There are so many testimonies in Jubilee in our own community of being set free, of healing, of provision, asylum miraculously granted, families provided with food or their bills paid, couples blessed with children against the odds, words of knowledge, all kinds of things. And my own personal experience over the years I've been a Christian has convinced me that God is mighty. He is in control and he works all things together for good. That's from Romans 8. He's made a way for me when I couldn't see a way forward and I know that I can trust Almighty God for my future and the future of my children, even if they impulsively run out into thunderstorms and put themselves in danger. So, what does it mean for us that God is mighty? Two things. First one, get out of borderland. I'll explain about that in a minute. And second, trust that he's good. I read a brilliant book by a guy called Mark Buchanan called Your God is Too Safe. And in it, the author describes a place in Africa where the border is guarded by two sets of customs officers, one for the country you're leaving and one for the country you're entering. What this effectively creates is a small strip of ground between the two, which is without government, lawless. And it is a place you can stay if you want to. You can leave one country and never set foot in the other. Buchanan uses this no-man's land as a metaphor for how some Christians live, saved for eternity, but not fully entering in to all that God has prepared for them. If your idea of God doesn't recognise that he is mighty omnipotent, perfect in his holiness, worthy of all honour and praise. If your idea of God is too safe, too small, then you're in danger of remaining indefinitely in a place you should only ever have been passing through. Buchanan says, the safe God asks nothing of us, gives nothing to us, never drives us to our knees in hungry, desperate praying, and never sets us on our feet in fierce, fixed determination. He never makes us bold. He doesn't make us a kingdom of priests. A safe God 
inspires neither awe nor worship nor sacrifice. We need to have a right perspective of who God is in order to be and to do all that he has called us to. Now I'm going to share with you a quote that you will recognise. It's a famous quote from The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, uh, the book by C.S. Lewis. And it's a conversation between the children and the beavers about Aslan. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. That you will, dearie, and make no mistake, said Mrs. Beaver. If there's anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking, they're either braver than most or else just silly. Then he isn't safe, said Lucy. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he is good. He's the king, I tell you. Aslan in the story is a metaphor for Jesus. He sacrifices himself in place of the guilty Edmund to satisfy the requirements of the law and he's then resurrected and goes on to defeat the witch, installing Susan, Peter, Edmund and Lucy as kings and queens in Narnia. Aslan throughout the story is regarded with reverence by all of the creatures. He's shown to be powerful, just and compassionate. As Mr Beaver says, he is good. Our mighty God is good. He is able and willing to save. He's full of mercy for us and he's more than able to set us free from the guilt and shame of past choices. If you wouldn't consider yourself a Christian here this morning, then this is the mighty God that you can know personally. He shows mercy to us by taking on our guilt, just like Aslan did for Edmund. In Jesus, we see that mighty God wants to know us, not from a distance, but up close and personal. He may not be safe, but we can approach him. We can know him. We can hear him. We can talk to him. I'm going to close by returning to a quote from Andrew Wilson's Incomparable, which is the book that I've based this talk on. It says, The sea can be both powerful and peaceful, like God. The sea is there, day in, day out, whether we notice it or not, like God. The sea cannot be domesticated by man, like God. The sea is frightening and fierce and mighty, like God. But the sea was created by God as a pointer towards his astonishing glory, and his breathtaking power. In a God-shrinking and irreverent generation, we must be careful to remember that he is God Almighty, not God Almighty. So to sum up, God is mighty. It matters that we have right ideas about our sovereign God so that we can worship him and live holy lives. We've got evidence of his omnipotence, his unlimited power and authority in the Bible, in nature, in personal stories. And we need to respond with trust and choose to enter into all that God has prepared for us. So if you're living through difficult things at the moment, or if you feel that God is challenging you to take a step of faith in your walk with him, respond with trust that God, who is mighty, walks with you, and let the truth of his power lead you into the fulfilling life he has planned for you.